Okay. Well, notice how several times we've mentioned that lots of people are becoming Christians. Yes. Lots of people. Lots and lots. And so lots. far, it's just in Jerusalem, but there's like a lot of people. And remember how a lot of them are selling their property. Well, it's not all just in Jerusalem. So far, it is. Pharisees. <clears throat> well, they're in Jerusalem, but mostly they're not. Mostly they're not Christians. But... I mean, they're like all the disciples have been in Jerusalem, and they've been preaching in Jerusalem, and people in Jerusalem have been believing. It's going to expand. But that's what it is so far. They're in Jerusalem, so they've been like selling their property and giving their stuff to the church. And what they would do is they would give it to those who were in need, especially like the widows or people like that. But there were getting to be so many people that this was getting to be a lot of work. And the 12 apostles were saying, guys, I mean, anyone can distribute this food to the poor and to the widows. We're spending all of our time doing that and we don't have time to preach the word, which is what Jesus sent us to do and is even more important. So we need to pick seven men who are of good reputation, who are full of the Holy Spirit. That means they're believers. And they have wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And we will give them this duty of, you know, dividing up the offerings that are given and making sure that the poor in the congregation are taken care of and the widows get what they need. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. By the way, this is still a thing that we try to remember today. Like, you know, our congregation is pretty small, so I do most of the things for our congregation. Like, I mostly run our website and I do the bulletins. But in, sometimes in, our, in a larger congregation where the pastor is getting more and more work to do with preaching the word and he doesn't have time to do stuff like that, in a congregation like that, like if one day you're ever a part of a congregation like that, you should be like, hey, guys, we should make sure that the pastor doesn't have to be the one who... That makes the bulletin and folds it. That's an extra like amount of his time that anyone can do. You don't have to be a trained pastor to do that. And we should make sure that someone who's who who someone else can do the website, and he doesn't have to do that because that's extra amount of his time. It's a similar idea. Anyway, so they they uh, chose some men named uh, Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, and Pumba. Just kidding. No Pumba, but there was a Timon. Parmenas, Nicholas, and they set these before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them. And the word of God continued to increase, and many people believed. One of the things that's important about this is it shows that there's one thing that is absolutely necessary in the church, and that is that there be men who are properly trained to preach the word. There are other things that the church can do. You don't have to have, these guys were called deacons. You don't have to have deacons who are in charge of distributing the food to those in the congregation who need it. You don't have to have different offices like that, but the church can. A congregation can recognize what needs it might have for carrying out its ministry and call people to do those things. All right, well, remember, one of those guys was Stephen. Stephen was filled of, with grace and power by the Holy Spirit, and he started doing wonders and signs among the people that the Holy Spirit was doing and preaching. And there were some people, 
um, who were disputing with Stephen, but they couldn't stand up against the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So they secretly instigated men who said, we heard this man speaking blasphemous words against Moses. And they lied about him. And they stirred up the people and the elders and they seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up people to lie, false witnesses who said, he's speaking words against the temple and against the law. We've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses gave us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And Stephen had an opportunity to preach to them. Because the high priest said, are these things so? Is it true that you're preaching against the temple and against Moses? And Stephen stood up and he gave a long speech. And basically this is what he said. He reminded them of their history. The God who appeared to Abraham and called him to go and follow and all of the patriarchs, and Joseph, and all the kinds of stories that you guys have heard about, all these things that the people of that council knew about too, and Moses, and all these people. And he kept reminding them of these stories, and he went through for a long time. And then, all of a sudden, he kind of changed his, his tone. He talked about David and Solomon, who built the temple, and then he said, but the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophets say. Then he said to them this, You stiff-necked people. What does that mean, stiff-necked? What does it mean if you have a stiff neck? Very stubborn. Yeah, kind of like, if we, what if we said to Simon, You stiff-legged baby, when we're trying to put him into his... Uh, high chair to eat, eat, give him food, and he, like, refuses to bend his legs. Oh, Even though he has no problem being in his high chair and eating. In his toy bomb, so I yeah. there. Right. So stiff-necked is like, it's. I think it's an illustration from, like, a horse. If the horse won't turn his head to go the direction you want him to go, or, like, the mule or the donkey, that's what he means. And this was something the prophet said often about God's people when they would not believe. He said, you are uncircumcised in heart and ears, meaning... You don't believe. You have, you have a heart of unbelief. You have a heart of stone and you refuse to listen. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered. Whoa. He says, you guys are just like people like Ahab and Jezebel who killed the prophets because you killed the one the prophets spoke of. How do you think they're going to respond to this? They didn't say, ah, no. Uh, they, did not, they did not like this. And they are going to prove his point. Remember, he's saying, you guys are claim you guys are lying about me. I know you're lying about me. And you're saying that I'm speaking against the temple, but it's you guys who resist God and his word and his prophets. It's you guys who refuse to believe in the Messiah that he sent. He reviewed with them the stories and the history of God's people and used it to condemn them. And when he said this, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him like, I'm mad at this guy. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed up into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and they stuck their fingers in their ears so that they wouldn't listen and they, and they rushed at him. 
And they threw him out of the city and they stoned him. Remember, what, that means who? they threw rocks at him until he died. Who? His name is Stephen. He's one of the deacons. Stephen. Yep. They threw their, they, they put their garments on the ground while they were doing this. Like, we got to take off our garments because we're getting all hot and sweaty from throwing rocks at this guy. And there was a young man there, there who collected their garments, and his name was Saul. We'll hear more about him soon. And as they were stoning Stephen, Stephen cried out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, which means he died. But the Bible calls it falling asleep because he'll awaken in the resurrection. Yeah, so now in this early church, they've had a lot of wonderful things happen where a lot of people are believing, but now they're also getting more and more persecution. And... Stephen is one of the earliest Christian martyrs. We had that in a hymn on Sunday. The, um, how did it say it? It said, the, uh, the martyrs of your kingdom, a great and noble throng. A martyr is someone who dies for confessing their faith in Jesus. And Stephen is a, is a great example of this because he preached the gospel to them and the word and condemned them of their sin and called them to repent. But also his name, the name Stephen means crown. And in the book of Revelation, Jesus says to his believers, Be faithful even unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And that's why it said Stephen fell asleep, because he's going to rise in the resurrection to life. Now, in our country today, and never in the history of our country, have we ever faced death for preaching about Jesus. And yet, we often fail to take the opportunities to preach about Jesus like Stephen did, maybe just because we're like, I don't know, worried that someone won't like us as much as they did before, which is pretty silly. We're not even going to die. Stephen's a good example of how important the gospel is, and people need to hear it so that they can repent and believe, because by nature we're all stiff-necked and stubborn people who resist the Holy Spirit, like Stephen said, and the only thing that can change that is the word of Jesus.